welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. Hello, Lawsy. Hello. How are you going today? I'm going good. We have moved together for yeah. this intro in the car. We are together and we're in the car. <laughs> you know what? We're actually not driving. No. We are no. stationary in the car park. <laughs> We've um, heard that the car can be good for audio and, um, you know, it's only coming to me now that we probably could have even, we could probably start going back to the studio soon to do this. Yes, I was going to say we're also professional <laughs> podcasters and we we usually wouldn't go for the car, but we still can't go into the studio, so we are yeah. doing this. Anyway, anyway. sorry. <laughs> Here we go again. So, Steffi, uh, what is your special share for this week? My kick special share is actually Abby and Paris from our community went live together and did a little Q&A session. And they just had a little chat live on the Instagrams. And I just loved that. I think it's it for me, it made me smile the whole time. And I just love seeing our community connect with each other um, outside of the community. And I just, yeah, I don't know. It's just for me, I just wanted to share with you guys how much that touches us and how special it is and how happy it makes me to see that happen. And that was just something that happened recently that I was like, oh, I love that. So yeah, thanks guys for always being there for each other and supporting each other through um, not just these tough times, but like all the time. Our community is so amazing and it, it's just things like that that just kind of proves that. So good on you girls. Yeah, I loved it. I watched it mm. last night as mm. well. It was so sweet. <laughs> I was just smiling. I'm like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> um, and mine is normal people. Oh, I was waiting for this. Were yeah. you? Yes, because well, you've I'm been very predictable, <laughs> aren't I? Man? I'm sorry, guys. I'm the most predictable person ever with my No, it's shares. only because I know you've been trying to get Dol into it. So... It wasn't very long, only 12 mm. episodes, only 20 minutes. Mm. I know you already know this. Mm. And probably most people that have, as all my um, kick special shares, you probably all already know as well. But <laughs> it took Dalton. So everyone, I asked everyone how long it would take to get Dalton into it. I mm. think because we haven't read the book. It mm. would have been good if we'd read the book or knew what the story was. Yeah. Um, it took him six episodes, so half. Right. But then he was hooked. Oh, interesting. Yes. And I have all these mixed emotions about it. Right. I it's it's for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's just a beautiful story about modern love and why sometimes it just can't work out based on timings and, and where we are in our lives. Mm. But I so the ending. The mm. ending is usually something actually I don't want to give it away. I, was gonna say, maybe I can't give it away. Okay. But all right. I'll just say <laughs> one more thing. I loved it so much, but I also didn't it's so frustrating sometimes. But it was just really nice to to see two people and how much support they gave to each other. Mm. And there wasn't any phones mm. in it, really, which mm. was kind of really nice, too, because mm. I felt like they were always very present with each other. So, well, that's... I feel like that's unrealistic, but cool. I like that. Well, maybe <laughs> that is what I'm striving for, a phone-free life. No, 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 it is. Anyway. Cool. I thought it was quite realistic. Yeah, Minus amazing. the phone situation. No, <laughs> Anyway. So, today's <laughs> podcast guest is the very special Madison Brown, which you may actually know as Kirby from Dynasty, if you're a fan of the show. Um, Dynasty is a basically a reboot of an old school kind of soap opera. So, there's soap opera? Is that what they're called? Not soap opera. Soap. 
Not sure. <laughs> it's definitely not the word opera after it. Anyway, show. old school show <laughs> soap. Um, so there's a lot of drama in it. All the episodes are crazy dramatic, but I personally love it. And season three is out this week and our whole team is actually fans of Dynasty. So very excited to watch that. But besides that, Madison is a young Aussie um, actress and I had the pleasure of meeting her personally when I was modeling overseas in LA. And she's just, she's just a legend. She's very unique and, um, you know, confident and loud and proud. And I just love it. And she shared some stuff with us, you know, a bit of a journey she's been on. Um, she's been acting and been in the modeling industry since her early teens. So as you can imagine, has been through quite a bit and she shared a little bit of that with us. So I hope you guys enjoy this chat and her story. And here's Madison. Hello. Hi. (laughs) So nice to see you and talk to you. Yes, it is so nice to see you as well. It has actually been years, I think, since um, yeah, we I was conversed, I would I was say. thinking yesterday, because I was thinking about doing this, and I was thinking, like, the last time I saw Steph, one of the last times I saw you, was we went hiking at Fryman Canyon in LA, and I locked myself out of my apartment. Remember that? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I do. locked myself oh, out of times. my apartment, and my building manager had to come and let me in. Which was fun. (laughs) But actually, I haven't locked myself out of any houses or anything for a while, which I feel like is a sign of maturity. Like, it's been a minute since I did that. Because I saw in Jade's story the other day, she's like, I left my house key in my house. I changed handbags. I said, oh, my God, I used to do that all the time. And (laughs) now I don't do that. Like, I've... I've, Congratulations. I don't know. I was really proud of that realisation. Perfect. Well, we're really excited to get you on the kick pod. Um, really excited to chat to you and get to know, I suppose, your journey a little bit more. And obviously, um, even more excited to, I think, talk about Dynasty as well. <laughs> we have to admit our whole kick team is a pretty big fan of the show. Oh, really? And you, of course. Oh, thank you. Steph's like, it's just Dynasty. No, you. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course. We're, we're a very big ensemble cast, so if they're, I, I, it's fine. <laughs> they don't have to be a fan of me. They can but, just be a fan of the show. <laughs> we wanted to start, though, by just checking in with you and see how you're going at the moment during isolation. Um, yeah, I've been doing... I've been doing okay. I would have thought that I wouldn't have been doing okay, but I've actually been mm. okay. And I think having a dog really helps. You have a dog too. Mm. Do you have a dog too, Laura? Yes. 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 Yeah, so we both have dogs. I couldn't imagine like not having a dog going through this. Um, and also I've been cooking a lot and I'm really enjoying cooking and uh, definitely honing my skills as a cook. So I've, it's never really been something I've had a lot of time to do um or like wanted to do because why would I cook when I could just go to a restaurant and they bring it to me but now it's like oh I'm cooking and I'm really enjoying it that's good yeah that's good I'm glad so your mental health you'd say is on a pretty good level at the moment yeah I feel good but I think I also feel good knowing that like I have a job to go back to I think if I didn't have that knowledge of Dynasty Season 4, I would probably be spiralling out of control right now because the industry was kind of left hanging with all of this coronavirus stuff. Like, everything kind of shut down indefinitely. But knowing that, like, eventually, you know, we will get back to work, even if it takes a couple of months, is just really nice to just be able to be like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to come out of this. I have a job on the other side of this. So don't stress. And also I I keep Mm. telling myself to 
now is not a time for getting ahead. Now is really just a time for getting through. And I think a lot of people like, Mm. I think so much of the time we're always trying to hustle and trying to get ahead. And I got to save and I got to do this and I got to do that. And I've got to have five mortgages and 10 kids by the time I'm 30. And like now is Mm. not the time for any of that. Now it's just like, let's get through the next three months. It's kind of like everyone's Mm. been put in a holding pattern. I love that quote, now is not the time to get ahead. That's yeah. so true. And I think we do live, especially in the industry you work in, and I mean, with us too, we always want to do better and want to better ourselves yeah. and keep going. But I think you're right. At this time, it's really important just to chill out yeah. and get through. Totally. So we'd love to go back now uh, to your childhood. So you're 22, is that right? 23 as of. Oh, you're 20, 23 now, sorry. As of the 23rd <laughs> of April. Your, yeah, I was going to say, it was only recent, hey? Yeah, it was recent. It was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, well, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, so can we go back to your childhood and what were you like growing up? Um, well, I'm the youngest of three girls and I think definitely was the youngest in that stereotypical, loud, outgoing way. Um... <laughs> And I started acting from a young age. I started acting when I was five. And initially, um, my mum used to take my sisters to drama classes to help with confidence because my elder sister was very, like, quiet and softly spoken. And so my mum thought taking her to, like, acting classes would help with her confidence. And then it sort of became a rite of passage for all of us to go to these, you know, local acting classes in the area where I grew up. And I took to it like a duck to water. I was like, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm ready for my close-up. And then um, I started like working as an actor when I was five years old. I started doing TV commercials and my first job was a, a, a TV movie that Channel 10 was making um, when I was in year one. So I definitely was not afraid of like, the not, I wouldn't say like the spotlight because I think that sounds lame mm. but I was not afraid of like performing and I really always enjoyed like reading scripts and putting on a show I think um to kind of want to get into that kind of career you have to be that kind of um outspoken and yeah and confident character well I mean to begin with obviously when I was five years old I had no idea what I was getting myself into yeah. I was just like cool so uh I make money to eat lollies my mum picks me up early from school and brings me mcdonald's and i get to brag about it and i get put in the school newsletter and it's also really fun so like it was like tick 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 i was like there's no cons here so as a five-year-old i was like this is great this is what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life um so yeah i yeah acting i i just always really enjoyed it i always found it really fun and uh i don't know i don't really remember what i was like as a kid too much other than like funny and weird and quirky and always been a bit like weird and outgoing and you so you grew up in Australia didn't you in Sydney yeah I grew up in Sydney in a suburb called Dural which is about 45 minutes northwest of where the Harbour Bridge is I always say the Harbour Bridge because like everyone universally recognizes that as like the landmark of Australia like even (laughs) even when we shoot in the middle of nowhere in Georgia people like where are you from in Australia I'm like I live 40 minutes from the Harbour Bridge they're like oh I know, I know the Harbour Bridge. I'm like, I know you do. So I said it. <laughs> Very smart. Yeah. What about um, modelling? How did you end up getting into modelling and when did you start that? So I was still going to acting classes weekly and still going to auditions and all that um, right through until I was, I think, in year eight. 
And what had happened was between year six and year seven. So when I, when I was in year six, I was sort of like chubby and um, like not pretty. I say pretty like in air quotes. I was like not like the hot girl in school, like all the boys liked. I was kind of like a loner and I was a bit chubby, a bit socially awkward. I was 11, it happens. And then I went through that summer and I had a big growth spurt and I also got a stomach flu and like lost all this weight and grew. I was sort of like in Willy Wonka where that girl comes out, she's like stretched or TV Mikey gets stretched. <laughs> That's what happened to me. I got stretched. And then all of a sudden I go to high school and I'm five foot nine and you know, a size six randomly. And I'm mm-hmm. going to acting classes and I look five years older than all the other kids that are in year seven. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm like, struggling to book work as a 12 year old who's almost five foot ten and our acting agent who represented me at the time said maybe she should try modeling it might be good for her confidence that's funny and she's really tall yeah (laughs) so my mom's like okay I used to subscribe to girlfriend magazine so I entered the girlfriend Mm -hmm. model search and I ended up Mm -hmm. I didn't win but I got to like the finalists management ran the competition so I was 13 entered the competition signed me straight away and that's kind of where it started and um yeah that's how I got into modeling at least that's the story there (laughs) and then now your focus is on acting yeah when did you kind of go from modeling back into acting and decide it was going to be your main thing well I always had acting in the back of my head but I also like I wasn't you know, at school, I didn't do drama at school. I wasn't planning on going to night or anything like that. I'd probably be a gynecologist mm. or a journalist if I wasn't an actor and if I had never been a model because I'm, like, obsessed with uh, gynecology. That's another subject because I find it really interesting. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> that's not the subject. I always knew I wanted to be an actor, but I never, like, consciously strived toward it. And then I started modelling and um, my modeling agent at the time was like if any of you have any other like skills or talents or anything or things that you're interested in like acting let us know so 14 year old me was like I love acting I want to be an actress (laughs) and they were like great we're opening up an acting agency like separate to the modeling agent we'll get you working with um this amazing agent they had gotten over from Shanahan's called Clementine Crawford and then uh another agent who who I still am with Lara Messenger. And so long story short, go on a couple auditions, uh, do really well, ended up testing for Mad Max when I was 14. So it was me, Margot Robbie, <laughs> Abby Lee Kershaw and Courtney Eaton and George Miller and casting director Nikki Barrett for like three days in the old uh, Metro Theatre, I think, in King's Cross. But we were all like mm. doing acting exercises and blah, blah, blah. And it was it was the, to cast the five wives in Mad Max. So when that happened and I had gotten really close to that, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I could do this. Like maybe I, this could actually be a career for me. And um, then modeling kind of took a hold again, but that was like huge for me as a 14 year old. And that movie was huge mm. and all the rest of it. Um, then modeling really took the front seat when I was 15, 16 and I moved to New York and I was working with Calvin Klein and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when I was 16, again, casting director Nikki Barrett uh, was casting a film with Nicole Kidman called Strangerland. And I auditioned 
after about six, seven months of auditioning, I got the role of her daughter. Mm. And because it was Nicole, who was, you know, obviously is Nicole Kidman. Nicole. Uh, <laughs> I, she, she was, uh, she had watched my audition tape and was sort of putting the word out there with agents and managers in LA that um, I was like a young actress she was about to work with and was excited about. And also going back a couple of years, Margot, who I had met when I was testing with George Miller, she went back to LA to her managers and that was Management 360. And um, they said, Margot, like, how was it? Like, uh, did you have fun, blah, blah, blah? Is it, was there anyone interesting that you think we could work with in the future? She said, oh, this one actress, Madison Brown, she's 14, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to 2014 when I got Strangerland and Nicole sort of putting the feelers out there with people. 360 mm. heard about it and 360 was like, this is the same 14-year-old that Marco told us about. So when they were in Australia, actually coincidentally, they were in Australia for a wedding the week that I was officially cast in Strangerland. It was very serendipitous. So I met with them that week, um, freshly 16 and... Uh, they signed me and I've been with them ever since. And so once that happened, once they signed me and I had representation in LA, I was like taking this, running with it, work, gonna work really hard and make it happen. It took a few years um, and it was really, it was hard at times because I had stepped away from modeling, but modeling also was not making me happy. So it was sort of like, mm. I sort of felt like it was my get out of jail free card and I really had to make it work. Mm. And, yeah, that's how I got back into acting. <laughs> it's so good. And um, that's around the time that I met you. About for Or maybe it was right before that, actually. You I'm met me. I do the maths in my head. You met me. 2014. Was it 2014 that we met? I thought it was 2016. Well, that's when I was living in LA. I thought that oh, was... maybe it was when I came back. It was 2016, anyway. I thought. <laughs> no, because I remember because this that time when we were hanging out and when we met is a fun term us actors like to call between jobs, which basically yes. means that you're not working. So I was between jobs in 2016. I was between mm. jobs for a couple of years. Um, no shame in it. It happens. But I remember because I was like, um, I, I was not that busy. <laughs> no, so I remember I, that I time. Actually, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it too because I also did not work much in no. that time. In fact, the whole time I lived in America, I didn't really work. But we're no. not going to go into that. As you, I mean, especially starting in the modeling industry and the acting industry so young, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it can happen to anyone at any age, but uh, myself and Laura went through our own struggles with body image and everything, mm. and the industry did have a little bit to do with it. Did you ever go through 100%. any struggles with your body image? Oh, 100%. I don't know if I've ever, like, publicly come out and sort of said this before. Maybe you should put a trigger warning, but I had... I, I don't know. I had an eating... I've totally spoken about this. I had an eating disorder when I was like 15, 16. I didn't get my period for almost mm. two years as yeah. a 15-year-old, which is not healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I used to go into... And a couple of the bookers there would employ lovely tactics to try and get you to go on a diet and lose weight. Mm. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember one time I went in and I was... I think I was 14 or 15 and one of the bookers was like... Oh, you you've put on weight and really like fat shamed me mm -hmm. in front of everyone and I just, as a teenager yeah I was 15 mm -hmm. I think I was 14 or 15 and I remember one of the other bookers was like don't say that to her she's too young rah 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 and I just remember feeling so ashamed and so embarrassed that like a switch 
flicked in me and I was like, I am going to, maybe I should say this, but in 15 year old me's head, I was like, I Mm. I'm going to make them worry about me. Like that was the goal Mm. was like, I want them Mm. to worry about me to like pay for making me feel so, you know, Mm. bad about myself. And also like looking back, I was always like skinny. I was never, Mm. it's, it's Mm -hmm. just, I'm not like a naturally, I'm never really naturally bigger than a small size 10, even at my biggest mm-hmm. it's just the way that my body is mm-hmm. they usually float around a size eight anyway which that's most places most people in australia in the industry that's a sample size mm-hmm. um and so mm-hmm. i was just like way too young to be treated that way and spoken to that way and um you know i didn't handle it well i flicked a switch and i just was like i'm mm-hmm. gonna like i'm gonna make you worry about me and so i did i made them worry about me and i was really mm-hmm. unhappy and really unwell and uh, I remember my family sitting me down when I was 15 and sort of staging an intervention. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I have to keep doing this, though, because I've already invested so much into it. I can't fail because um, like it felt like a failure to stop, even if I was unhappy. And so mm-hmm. acting, getting back into acting just completely saved me from that, because mm-hmm. I, I remember I went to I did Paris Fashion Week when I was 16 and I was really skinny like I was I I was I was tiny tiny I still wasn't getting my period and they told me like a month after fashion week I met with the bookers they came to New York from Paris and they were like well you know that you were too big that's why you weren't working because you were too big and I was like I'm gonna make you guys worry about me now anyway then I got stranger land and 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 I was just snapped out of it and I was like oh I'm finally happy and like when you're happy Mm. you want to eat well and you want to do right by your body and I just had never been taught that that's what I was supposed to do and Mm. and then it kind of went the other way for a while where I got stuck in this like binge eating cycle and which is was just kind of my body like finding its balance and it wasn't really until I met one of my best friends Lizzie who's been a model forever and started when she was 20 so Mm -hmm. she was much older than I was when she started so she didn't deal with that stuff as much because she already had a stronger sense of identity and 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 Mm. and knew how to be healthy and eat well and and like be a certain size and not be negatively impacted mentally by it And she Mm -hmm. taught me like how to eat well and just sort of how to intuitively eat. And I think my friendship with her really was like the start of my recovery, even though physically I was healthier, mentally I still wasn't. And I remember that was about the time I started hanging out with you was when I started hanging out with Mm -hmm. Lizzie. And she, uh, I just, that was Mm -hmm. like such a healing moment for me to be like, oh, like I, it's okay to like eat well and eat healthily and like cherish my body and it really doesn't matter what size I am. I have to be happy in my head and eat well. No, I totally actually, I really, I remember talking about this stuff with you. Yeah. Um, I struggled with it for a long time. Yeah. But thank you for being so open about it. Yeah. I don't feel like it's ever, I've ever really discussed it before. Maybe like, I don't know, like, should I not? I don't know. I just, I'm so much happier and it's such a, it was such a long time ago, but it really did take me a long time to like get better and it was just like it probably took me what five years to really like find my balance again and learn how to just and I just think about like even before I just like went to the kitchen I was hungry I was like ate a massive handful of nuts 
And I remember being like, oh my God, 15 year old me would have like jumped off the edge of a building at the thought of doing that because I didn't weigh it first. Mm. I didn't count the amount of nuts that I was eating. And I was like, oh, it's such mm. a small victory to just be able to like go to the kitchen and eat because I'm hungry and not think twice about it. It's like a real relief mm-hmm. to mm. not think that way anymore. Yeah, that's so nice. Mm. Thank you for sharing it. I mean, it's so important we speak about it, especially in the modeling industry. And I yeah. mean, from social media as well, we put like our worth is valued on our weight and our body. And when we're so young, it's hard to kind of see how that is just so crazy. Yeah. Because that is what we're told is our worth. So yeah, yeah, it's really important to speak about it. And thank you. So what is your relationship like with yourself now? And what do you value the most about yourself? Um, oh, I don't know. That's such an interesting question. (laughs) What do I value the most about myself? I think I'm a pretty happy person. And I think that Mm. I really like, I don't know like where it comes from, but I just, I feel like I'm a happy person generally. And I think about it sometimes. I'm like, that's nice to be happy. Yeah. (laughs) I like being happy. I like being a happy person. Don't get me wrong. I can be moody. Um, but I think (laughs) for the most part, I'm like a generally cheery person. And I think that that's, I think it's nice. And I like to, you know, bring that to other people. Oh, that's definitely a trait to be proud of and um, to be happy within yourself and everything for sure. Another one, because we just like had a heavy conversation. I'm not afraid to talk about (laughs) stuff like that. And I like that about myself. I'm Mm. really not afraid to confront those issues. And I think I'm very open about um, a lot of the things that I've been through, not in like a woe is me Mm. way but in like I went through this and and this is like you're not alone in your struggles kind of thing I like that I am open as well oh yeah it's definitely a good thing yeah that's awesome and with your your body before I mean you were talking before how you 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 know you eat when you're hungry and you yeah you um fill yourself with good food and everything so you think you're in a good place now with your body image and everything yeah and like It's weird when you've had an eating disorder, especially when you've had it at such a developmental age, like your Mm. teens are are such an impressionable age and they, they impact so much of who we become as adults, the the things that we go through. Mm. It's like when your brain's developing, you know? Um, And so I do, there are some thoughts sometimes that will pop into my head. Like I'll watch the show Mm. and I'll be like, oh, like my arm looks fat from that angle and I'm like shut up <laughs> just stop you know mm. what I mean so yeah. sometimes it sort of props up and you sort of go that's weird where did that come from I feel pretty good about myself yeah. and you just sort of like it's like whack-a-mole you just whack it away yeah no totally I think that's a really good way of explaining it I think yeah. no one's expected to get to a point in their life where they you know think they look perfect every day like yeah. insecurity is always going to come back up but it's totally. about getting to a point where you can knock when you just like so. it just doesn't like the... define you yeah it just doesn't no define you so you just go whatever you just mentioned the show so would love to chat about it um first of all (laughs) congratulations like it is such an incredible incredible show so well done on nailing that um role I suppose for any of the listeners who may not have seen Dynasty do you want to give us a little bit of background of what they could expect if they watch the show well Dynasty is a reboot of an 80s soap opera so it's very soapy Mm -hmm. it's a nighttime soap sexy things happen bad things happen a lot of drama happens a lot Um, of drama a lot of drama and it's very I think it's very bingeable I think that's most people like I like fans and things will tweet they they haven't like 
watched it in a healthy way. They've sort of like watched it and haven't slept for three days and like haven't had a glass of water and like haven't been to the bathroom. They just haven't been able to stop watching it. Like I never hear someone that's like, yeah, I watched an episode and then two weeks later I watched the next episode. It's either like they watched it all in 24 hours or not at all. Oh, it's 100% one of those shows where like yeah. as soon as one episode ends, you're like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And what is an average week of filming like? I've heard you say before that, and I could not believe this, it, it takes nine days to film one episode. I mean, obviously the episode, is that is that right? Yeah, and that's fast. Wow. I mean, obviously we just don't understand. That's oh, fast. I don't understand. I haven't that's, done enough. That's, yeah. that's quick too. Like like nine days is quick. So wow. some shows, I mean, look, I've never, I've never worked on uh, – Game of Thrones or anything like that. But, I mean, they do 10 episodes, I think, a season, and they take six, seven months to shoot. So, you know, they take wow. a few few weeks at least to do an episode. So what is a day in the life or a week in the life like on set? On, like, I mean, not every day is the same because some days you'll be working mm. a lot. Some days you won't be on the schedule that much. But, like, on a week where I'm working a lot, it's usually, like, a 6 a.m. call time, so I'm getting up at about 4.35. Go straight into hair and makeup when I get to work and then pretty much straight into shooting and just shooting on set uh, multiple scenes in a day, four or five scenes in a day. Um, and sometimes you'll have changes, so you have to go back into hair and makeup and get changed into a new look for a different day. Um, and then 12, 14 hours is like mm. on a busier week is how much you can expect to be working, sometimes 16 hours too. Um, and then get home, rinse, repeat. They seem like a pretty good crew though. You gel well with the other actors. Yes, we all get along and we're all good friends and it's nice. There's there's a good mm. vibe on set and I think especially everything that's happened with the pandemic has made us all so much more grateful for each other and grateful to be working because it's easy some days when you're there for 16 hours and you haven't slept. You're like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's, yeah, we all get along and it's a good vibe. It's, it's a really nice community feeling. Especially because now we're you know, nice. going into, I mean, I came in season two, but we're about to go into season four. So it's like four years of shooting, working with the same people and it creates a little community. Uh, you've made me so happy to know that <laughs> once, because so we're going to go live with this episode when season three is out, which I have yes. been so excited for. <laughs> yes. um, and now I'm even more excited to know that it's not ending there. So thank you. <laughs> no. As far as, well, I mean, that happened, we, got a, we got the pick up for season four in January and uh, that doesn't mm. look like it's changed even in spite of the whole pandemic thing. So that's nice. That's awesome. What do you think in your lifetime of such an epic career, what are you, what are you most proud of with your achievements in life? I'm actually the most proud of, so the first day I was in quarantine, I was like sort of stressed and freaked out about the world and not being able to work mm. and all the rest of it. So I just wrote this little piece on my laptop just to sort of get it out. I really enjoy writing. Writing's always been a quiet passion of mine, but I'm really shy about it. Mm. I send my agent scripts all the time and she's like, this is really good. And I'm like, I'm not going to write anymore because I don't believe in it. Um, but I wrote this piece, uh, and I sent it to my friend who works at Harper's Bazaar just to be like, this is how I feel, whatever. And she was like, I'm going to publish this. Um, and so mm. a piece I wrote got published in a magazine. And so that's probably the proudest achievement because it was something that I sort of did on my own and not something I really explored too much or gotten much validation for as far as my writing. So 
out of everything, I think I'm the most proud that I guess I can say I'm a published writer. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I was yeah, really that's awesome. I was really like chuffed. Yeah, that's amazing. And now for the last question, what advice would you give to your younger self? Don't be afraid um, of failing because I think mm-hmm. I was so afraid. It's this weird thing that happens when you're afraid of failure where you don't fully apply yourself. It's like this sort of self-sabotage thing that happens where if like you're like, well, if I don't put myself 150,000% out there, I can't really get hurt if this doesn't go my way. Mm-hmm. So I think I did that for a long time and I, I became more comfortable with being vulnerable and sort of learned how to deal with uh, being hurt if things didn't go my way and I really put my heart and soul into it. And it wasn't until I was putting my heart and soul into things that I booked anything anyway. So it was this weird catch-22 of like not wanting to get hurt by it, but the only way to really do the best job I could was by really putting my all into it. And so I always, I've always worked hard, but I never allowed myself to be really vulnerable. And as an actor... Even if, if, even if you're doing comedy, even if you're not doing something that requires vulnerability, you still have to be vulnerable and uh, really expose yourself in a, in a way that feels scary. So I think I would say to myself, it's fine. <laughs> just do it. You have to anyway. So just do it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Now that's such an important message. Um, Well, mate, thank you so, so much again for your time. Um, It's been lovely to catch up and um, we really can't wait to, to share your story with everyone else. And yeah. It was so nice to catch up. Thanks for having me. Well, we hope you all enjoyed that. It was so good. I, I loved speaking to Maddie and I can't wait to watch Dynasty. Yeah, Maybe no. that'll be my recommendation for next week. No kidding. That would be too Well, this episode's out on Wednesday and the and Dynasty comes out this Saturday. So it's actually coming out right before this episode comes out. So, so we may have already binged it. it. <laughs> yes, but obviously I'm not going to put it as my recommendation, even though it might be because otherwise <laughs> Seth will be like, I bet it's going to be Dynasty. No, I'll surprise you with something new anyway. <laughs> but um, no, we really, really enjoyed that. And thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it too. We will we'll be back every Wednesday. We, we will be back, yes. Yeah. And... What else? Oh, you can come to our website if you like, www.keepitcleaner.com.au. You can follow us on Instagram at keepitcleaner, Steph Claire Smith and Laura.henshaw. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.